Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and we are in the middle of the week here. So I want to encourage you, if you're a first-time listener, we're so glad to have you. And I'm also thankful, very thankful when we have new listeners. And when we have listeners that that encourage others to become listeners and, and join this community of all of us that are really, really striving in a healthy manner to be all that God has created us to be and to be those change agents in the world, that we change one person at a time, that we don't have to be you know, standing in, in front of thousands. We don't have to have a huge TV show or always a best-selling book to change the world. We can just do it one person at a time just the way Jesus did. And he changed the world forever. So I'm thankful that you're listening. And make sure that you go to the website. If you haven't been able to listen to all the shows, you can kind of get caught up. Send them to your friends as well. I appreciate that when you do that. And we are finishing this whole idea about fear and one of the four feeling realms. That we have sad, mad, glad, and scared. And we're going to talk about the feeling, the emotion of fear. And we talked yesterday about, you know, what is the purpose of fear? And what is healthy fear versus unhealthy fear? Because God doesn't want us going through our life being scared. He knows that this is kind of a scary place down here. He was down here and experienced it worse than any of us are ever going to experience. So he knows it can be very harsh and very scary. And people can be quite mean and selfish and dishonest. So he really understands that. So recognizing that fear, it would be quite dangerous for us if we did not have an alarm system. And that's what fear is. The problem is sometimes the alarm system goes off and we actually think it's true threat. And we start to adjust our entire life to avoid that feeling versus just simply saying to ourselves, what is that telling me? The same way as the alarm system in your house, your car. What about the smoke detector? So if the smoke detector goes off and you're watching TV, you're in a complete state of calm and all of a sudden the smoke detector goes off. Well, you don't just get your phone and immediately call 911. You go and check it out. You find out why is that smoke detector going off? Maybe there really is smoke. Well, we're very thankful that it worked. But maybe someone burned the popcorn. Maybe the batteries are dying. Maybe it's disconnected somehow. So we want to find out what that fear is actually telling us. Because fear, when it's done in a healthy manner, actually causes us to have a healthy respect for things that may be dangerous. It doesn't mean we have to necessarily be afraid. But we do want to have a healthy respect and an awe for something. We are to fear God. That doesn't mean we're to be afraid of him. We are in awe of him. We have healthy respect for God, for Jesus, the Holy Spirit. But we can still be friends with this awe-inspiring being that could crush us at any moment 
cause us to be as if we never existed. And that's a lot of power. So we can have a healthy respect and awe of a God that is huge. The same way we have maybe if you stood in front of an elephant. They're quite nice creatures, but they're huge. Maybe you have a healthy respect for an airplane. So you make sure that that you get on the plane that has been serviced well. You do your seatbelt. You understand what to do in an emergency. And so it's important that we really know what fear is doing for us. How about when you walk up to the edge of, like, the Grand Canyon? You're in awe of the Grand Canyon, but you want to have a healthy respect for the edge. And we've had, as of late, quite a few people that have fallen off cliffs in the Grand Canyon, which we should never have happened. So we want to be very, very honest, very careful, and very responsible about what fear is telling us. Now, fear in its fallen version, the way that God did not intend for fear to manifest, would be feeling intimidated, you know, or having timidity, a false sense of timidity, only out of fear and insecurity being worried. This is why God says, don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Those are the false manifestations of fear, the fear that is not helpful to us. So we read yesterday several Bible verses about what God talks about when he tells us to not fear. And and I love those verses. And and so, you know, it says Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And Psalms 23, 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now, see, that's the key. I will fear no evil. See, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to have respect for evil. Evil is out there. But I don't have to fear it. I don't have to be scared because God is with me. God is with me. And so we really identified yesterday this very, I mean, I think this was amazing, this, this author. He figured out that there's, there's a lot of do's and don'ts in the Bible. And we talked about, you know, the do not lie, don't steal, you know, love your neighbors yourself, you know, these types of things. But he came to find that in the NIV version, do not be afraid was the one spoken the most. Seventy times it appears and that didn't even include fear not or do not fear so when God talks about this idea of don't be afraid he says don't be anxious usually when he says do not be afraid he's going to give a command afterwards So in Exodus, we looked at this chapter 14, verse 13. It says, do not be afraid. Then God goes on to say, so don't be afraid and stand firm. You're going to see the deliverance of the Lord. And in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 22, it says, do not be afraid. The Lord, your God himself, will fight for you. So there's always something after the do not be afraid. So when God tells you, do not be afraid, it's because he's going to do something. And sometimes it's just having his presence there. He might say, hey, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm going to be next to you. My presence is going to go before you, and I'm going to be with you. And the other thing that was so fascinating about this repetitive issue of do not be afraid 
is that after the do not be afraid, ten times it was followed by do not be discouraged. Now that's interesting to me. He says do not be afraid and then follows with do not be, be discouraged. So what would be the opposites of discouraged? Well, the opposite is encouraged. And encouraged means to be filled with courage. So when God is saying, do not be discouraged, he's basically saying to you, have courage. I want you to be filled with courage. So instead of being discouraged, I'm going to encourage you. So I'm going to cause courage to enter you instead of being one without courage. So why should we be filled with courage? Because this is a tough place that we live in. Well, some of it is because we're Christians and God tells us to do this. He is with us and he's in us. And he is greater than whoever's in the world. He says he is in us and he is greater than who is in the world. So when we notice this, do not be afraid, we're recognizing this is a command. It's not a suggestion. So if you've ever been, if you're in the military, if you're in um, any of the, the um, police, fire, any of these types of things, first responders, one of the things that, that you'll hear that is imperative is don't be afraid. Don't. Don't be afraid. They can't afford to have that kind of fear. They won't make the decisions. See, God is saying, I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to have a healthy respect for whatever it is that you're endeavoring upon. But the healthy respect says you do it with courage, not being discouraged. You do it with courage because I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. One of my favorite Bible verses. So this is not a suggestion. God's saying, if you don't want to be afraid, he's saying, you can trust in me. Where is your faith? Where is your trust? Have I ever let you down? Now, that doesn't mean that God has done everything I want him to do. But in the end, I can look back on my life and know that God has always come through. He has always followed through. And I am not to be afraid. And I am not to live in discouragement or be discouraged from those endeavors that God has really placed in my heart. And there can be a lot of naysayers in your life. And you have to be careful who you listen to. When you think about anyone that has taken on a really great endeavor by God, there were always people that told them they couldn't do it. King David had it. All the prophets had it, had those people. Noah, he really, he really experienced that. But he knew, and he would not be discouraged. He made sure that he did not operate out of fear. He went forward and made the boat. And no matter what anybody said, they said he was insane. He, he was like, he was in, in public, he was the guy that everybody made fun of. And he did not allow himself to be discouraged. So this is imperative that you recognize when you are going forward with God that you will hear a lot of discouragement from others. 
they won't get it. They'll think you're crazy. They'll think you don't understand what you're taking on. They'll say, it's already been done. Or people have tried to do that before no one ever succeeded. Or you're outside of your own capacity. You're pushing too hard. Your ideas are too lofty. They're too big. You'll never get it off the ground. Well, the Wright brothers experienced the same thing. Jesus had the same exact problem. But he went forward. He did not allow himself to be discouraged or afraid. So God doesn't say, you know, that this is an option. You can be afraid or not be afraid. He says, don't. Don't be afraid. So I don't want you to fall into condemnation and think that if you're afraid, that you're somehow being disobedient. God's saying it to us as, he, as we say to children. We say, honey, don't be afraid. It's going to be okay. I'm, gonna, I'm with you. I'm going to go with you to the doctors, right? I'm going to walk you to school. I'm going to help you with that homework. So God is saying in a parental way, don't be afraid. I already know where this is going. I wouldn't ask you to do something that would harm you. This is why it's so imperative that we recognize the only person he's ever harmed was himself. And if he harmed humans, it was a righteousness that meant they were so harmful that he could not allow them to continue to exist and infect the rest of his creation. He doesn't kill out of malice or pleasure. It's not a sport for God to kill humans. So we want to have this spiritual encouragement. And we want to make sure that we recognize this is an emotional muscle. All right? Because we can either exercise fear and be better at it, or we can exercise faith and be better at that. And we can work on being courageous. And we can work on testing ourselves, trying ourselves. So this is about your life. This is about you. This is about you hearing from the Holy Spirit and being the one that says, I will go. I'll go. Ask me. Send me. I'll do it. So we have so many frightening situations that are constantly popping up in our lives. And I don't think it's coincidence, you know, that God has given us this command so many times through Scripture. I mean, when you hear God reiterating himself over and over and over again, you understand that he, he knows children. So if you have children, how many times do you have to help them when they get afraid and they don't want to do something and you know it's for their best and you know they're going to enjoy it or you know that they need to press through? How many times do you say, don't be afraid? Don't be discouraged. I'm with you. I'm going to help you. Well, that's who we have with us all the time. So we need to be reminded time and time again. I want you to really write down some of those scriptures that we talked about today and yesterday and memorize them. I mean, I have scriptures on note cards all over the place, and I just read them and read them and reread them and refresh my mind of them. I'm not always great with the call numbers of exactly where it is, but I memorize the content really well. I memorize the verses. And so it gets in my heart. It's in my mind. And it helps me, and I can retrieve it. So we need to hear this over and over and over again. Do not be afraid. We need to be reminded of it. We need it pounded, you know, really just 
dug into our hearts and into our minds, buried in the recesses of our being so that it is always there. So I want to challenge you to start really believing this, believing what God says about this. And I'm going to end with some scriptures just to really encourage you. We have, we have about, oh, 10 more minutes or so. And so I want you to know that these are some very precious verses to me that I have really worked on memorizing because they've helped me tremendously. So one of my favorite is Isaiah chapter 43, and this is verse 1 through 3. And this says, But now, says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Now, this is what I encourage people to do. Whenever you see Jacob or Israel, put your name there. So he says, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Cynthia, he formed you. O Cynthia, fear not. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overcome you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And Psalms 27 verse 1 says, O David, or I can say, of Cynthia, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? And Psalms 56, 3 says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And this last one, before I, I'm going to talk to you about seven, seven elements of fear, seven things I want you to know about fear. But I'm going to end this little portion here with my favorite verse. This is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. It says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Cast all your worries, all your insecurities, all your upsets, cast them on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. And so there's, in, there's this interesting thing about fear. And, and this is what's fascinating. They've done lots of studies about the science behind why we like to be scared. And so I just got done talking to you all about those fears that we don't want to have. But there is this element of humans that enjoys some of that feeling. And so scary stuff sometimes makes us laugh. But see, both of what you'll find is that our body, our mind, is the cause. See, when we're afraid, our bodies release different chemicals that contribute to feeling good under, quote-unquote, under the right circumstances. So I want you to think, we have this fear, this, this fight or, or flight, and I talked to you about when a really dangerous, scary thing occurs, you get enough adrenaline to live through it. Well, many times, that adrenaline rush is one of the things that humans enjoy. This is one of the reasons that they like to go see horror movies. They like to be scared in a very safe environment. They like that feeling, that rush. And so th this idea of being scared, one of the things that we have found about that is that when people allow themselves to be scared and they deal with it, it actually causes them to feel stronger. 
like they thought, I actually watched that movie. And it's a very strange thing. But when you think about it, it's like, wow, I went on that roller coaster ride. I really did stand up in front of everybody and sing karaoke. I did it. And so there's this tendency for us to like to scare ourselves. And what it really is about is testing ourselves. And we talked, you know, earlier on in this show and yesterday about this idea of fear being the thing that helps us to have the energy to do something that we would otherwise not do. See, the frontal lobe is the thinking part of the brain. And it's the part that modulates the more primitive responses. And it's the part that tells you that you're okay right now. So if you're in a situation like a haunted house, something jumps out at you or you hear a scary noise, your body goes into that fight or flight mode. But here's the difference. The frontal lobe, the conscience, conscious part of you that is the last part of your brain to really evolve and, and to really uh, mature, that part of your brain knows that you're safe and it will calm you down. And it allows the situation to be more pleasurable. So it's like your brain is at the edge of danger but knows it's not really a risk. So it's scary but super exciting. And so personality plays a part of it as well. There are some people that have what we, what we say when we measure personality traits. They have, they're more open to experience. There are some personality types that are more open to experiences. They are more extroverted. And, and they also are more conscientious, which means that they make sure that the experience has a positive outcome. And, and this is why these people are more thrill seekers. They're, they're, they have a high level of agreeableness which means that, that they can really adapt well. So they'll say, okay, I don't really want to, but I can find a way to do this and make it fun. So I don't really like that type of food, but I'll go and try it out anyways. So fear also, this is very powerful. Fear also is a way to connect with others. See, when we do scary things with other people, like going to a haunted house or skydiving, there's a bonding experience. There's a high feeling of connectedness. And humans, mammals, love to connect. They love to have a similar, a same experience. And so there are studies that show that the closer we get to each other when we're scared with people, we have a very existing, we have this positive association with them. And this is one of the things that when you see someone, you may have not seen them for a while, and you go, oh, yeah, you're the one that we, like, you know, we're on that sled and almost went over the edge of the mountain, right? Yeah, that was hilarious. And you start talking all about it, and it becomes another bonding experience. So this is where we understand that fear seekers, right? The fear seekers, now, I'm not talking about people that are not, also conscientious and understand true danger, right? This is not. And, and I, I'm not talking about people that really enjoy scaring people in a way simply because they like the reaction, but they're not connected to the effect that they're having on the person as to whether or not they actually enjoy that experience. So this is really important when you understand about fear is that we can use it for a benefit, that if we're willing to let ourselves be afraid and appreciate the adrenaline God gives us in order to get through the moment, then we memorize the fact that we might be stronger than we think. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me tomorrow when we really talk about the idea, is fear bad? Because many Christians 
and uh, really get the idea that if you have fear, you have somehow don't have faith. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Make sure you check out the website, CynthiaHyatt.com. Encourage your friends to do the same and have a blessed day. Thanks, Jeremy. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.